So atamarie everyone. Uh, ko Nina Kuri toko ingoa. Uh, I'm Nina. Uh, for those of you who we haven't met yet, um, it's my honour to uh, say to you today, Tēnā koutou te whānau o Auckland Unitarian. Tēnā koutou ngā manuhiri. No mai, haere mai. No mai, haere mai ki tēnei whare karakia o te ātua. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. Kia ora, hui hui mai tato. Welcome everyone. Thank you, Nina. David, oh, David, uh, Sally and I welcome you into this space, be it physical or virtual, uh, that has been made sacred by Auckland Unitarians uh, for 118, maybe 119 years now. Uh, let's have a good discussion today. It's basically what I've just said. Over to you, David. Thank you. Um, I would like to share the welcome that uh, Nina has just given but also to introduce um, the four of us who are um, taking part in this service. Uh, Nina is our main worship leader today, and she is also a lawyer dealing with mediation. And that is a skill that is surprisingly relevant today because we will be discussing a very controversial issue. And my hope is that we may reach a consensus on it. So Nina will be chairing that discussion. Also a special welcome to Sally Mabel, who is again leading our singing. I'm particularly grateful that she'll be using a hymn from her own songbook, which I think has seldom, if ever, been used by us before. Um, it's, um, it's called Open the Window uh, Children, and it's based on an earlier song called Open the Window Noah. Noah, when he um, was on the ark, let some birds fly out the, the window to see if they had reached land. And the, the, the drama of the story, the highest point of drama in the story was when the dove of peace comes back with an olive branch in its mouth. Well, this um, song is an adapted from that story. It's a song of letting hope come into us. I'd also like to uh, welcome Paul, who hardly needs to welcome, but he's our technical advisor, and we would not be able to have done this without him. All four of us have been involved in the planning. So now I could invite Sally to lead um, the, the first song and the words of the song, if you'd like to join it, I've put onto our chat line. I'm not seeing them. Oh, there they are. Okay, there's the words. This is based, this song is based on We Are Climbing Jacob's Ladder, the Christian hymn, but they've changed the words for our Unitarian hymn to We Are Dancing Sarah's Circle. Sarah being Abraham's wife. <clears throat> we are dancing Sarah's circle. We are dancing Sarah's circle. Sing along with me. We are dancing Sarah's circle. Sisters, brothers, all. Here we seek and find our history. Here we seek and find our history. Sisters, brothers, all. We will all do our own naming. We will all do our 
Sally. My sermon today is going to be about karakia in our state schools. So I'd like to read you two of them so you get a feeling for what the subject is all about. The first of them is a traditional karakia sent to me by Naitahu in the South Island. It begins Kahaya te ata, kahapara te ata, kakurki te manu. Te manu are the birds waking us up every morning. In English, it says, appear the sunrise, appear the dawn, the birds are chattering, the beaks are moving. The important early morning, spreading over the surface of the earth, the dawn chorus. It is night, it is dark, it is daylight. And a second example is from the Ministry of Education website. It says, means Jesus Christ. So this is a Christian karakia. And in English it reads, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all forever and ever. Those are two of the karakia used in state schools to open and close the school day, or to bless the meal at midday. Thank you, Nina. Thanks, David. Let's now light the chalice. When you celebrate, celebrate well, but remember that nearby someone is grieving. And when you grieve, grieve well, but remember that nearby someone is celebrating. Therefore, as we gather here in this special place, this special place this morning, we can mark both grief and celebration. So for absent friends and for those whose company we enjoy right now, we light this chalice. Well, usually when I preach in church, it's because I've done some homework on a subject and think it might be useful to other people. Today, I'm in the opposite situation. I've done a survey on a Christian karakia, but after the, uh, now that the um, survey is complete, the situation I realize is more complicated than I thought. And so I would appreciate your input before I come to any firm conclusion myself. As a second step, I would like to take your conclusions to other groups, such as atheists, Jews, and Muslims, and even to the government. My first impressions of my survey were that Christian programs in schools were declining. I found that the number of schools with religious instruction, that's Bible in schools, has dropped to 16%. 
a third of what it was in 2012 when we started campaigning against them. I found that the number using Christian songs in their assembly had dropped to 8%, which is an amazing drop. I wasn't surprised that 90% of our schools now have karakia. That's a relatively new development, I think. And I was pleasantly surprised that only 18% of schools used Christian karakia. So it doesn't sound a very big figure. But then I suddenly saw the other side of the coin. 18% of schools doing Christian karakia is more than the number doing religious instruction, about 250 schools. So Christian karakia and one of the most widespread kind of Christian program. And that is of course on top of the 16% still doing religious instruction and those having religious songs in their assemblies. So if you add them all up, we have now a total of 42% of schools doing Christian-based programs, which is even more than we counted in 2012. So for those of us who believe in secular education, and I know that includes many of you, we have taken two steps forward and one step back. And at the same time, the new subject of karakia has brought new people into the discussion. People are telling me and others, don't mess with karakia, leave Maori culture alone. That comes not from Maori groups, but from other groups who support Maori culture and support the way it has revived over the past 40 years. In fact, it has culminated in Matariki becoming a public holiday just two weeks ago. So this is not a great time to be criticizing karakia. I first became aware that this was a possibility in 2016. At that time, the Secular Education Network was in mediation with the Ministry of Education, trying to get Christian programs removed from our school assemblies. A group of six of us were there. And we quoted guidelines that the ministry itself had proposed in 2006. And the ministry agreed with us on most issues, including discouraging prayers in school assemblies. But they added they would want an exception for karakia, and I wondered why. I was not even aware at that time that some of these karakia might be Christian. A few months later, I was speaking with a Jewish leader who said he would not support guidelines about karakia unless it had the support of Maori. At that stage, we had not consulted Maori. And I wondered why Jews were supporting Christian Maori. I realized I needed to do some homework on the subject, and in particular to follow that Jews' advice and consult Maori views. So about two years ago, I tried to get a Maori academic to comment on this issue. The person I approached took about a month and then told me they could not do it and recommended someone who would be even better. The second leader was the same, and so was the third. I just could not get any authoritative Maori voice on this subject. Our mediation with the ministry failed. I was never told why, but I believe it was because the Minister of Education at that, that time, Hekia Parata, was strongly opposed to it. The ministry favoured it. The minister did not. The subject of guidelines was revived by the Labour government. 
they held a public consultation about it. Then in 2019, they published their own guidelines to schools to make schools be more careful about how they handled religious instruction. I thought that was a good move. I would rather they had gone further and introduced uh, religious education. But at the same time, they said the guidelines did not cover karakia because it was not clear whether they were religious or not. There were even a number of atheists on the Secular Education Network who advised us to take no action about karakia because they said it was contrary to Maori rights under the Treaty of Waitangi. One of the members a few years ago dared to question why Maori should get special rights. And he was given a roasting. His post was deleted and he resigned from our movement. So there is support for Christian karakia coming from surprising sources. So last year, just before I started this survey, I asked the Ministry of Education for a copy of the advice they received when they printed those guideline comments about karakia three years earlier. They replied they didn't get any advice. I was absolutely stunned. All this defense of karakia with still no evidence what Maori people thought about it, not even from the ministry. Well, that ended my patience. A way forward was suggested by, by my daughter, Karen, who was a teacher. She told me her school uses karakia in consultation with local iwi. So I thought, aha, that is the appropriate source to get Maori comment. So I wrote to the chair people of all the iwi I could find addresses for on the internet. There were about a dozen of them. I was aware there must be other iwi also. So I wrote to the iwi chairs association, which represents them all and asked them to pass on my request. And I asked them to, for them to send karakia that they would recommend to schools. Well, I got just one iwi that replied, Naitahu. I felt like throwing their reply in the rubbish because it was not really representative of the whole country. But I'm glad I didn't because I then realized I had another potential source of Maori views, my survey itself. So I added a bunch of questions about karakia. I figured the schools themselves are in touch with Maori students and their parents. So as well as asking whether they had karakia, I asked whether they got the, the wording from the Ministry of Education, from local iwi, from other sources. And the answer was that iwi were one of the main sources, but others used members of their own staff who were proficient in kōpapa Māori. Even students were invited. They told me they even write some of the karakia themselves. The ministry had some sample karakia on their website, but this was not a major source of those used by the schools. So I then took a bolder approach and invited the schools to send me copies of the karakia they used, along with English translations. I said that, say that was a bold approach because I knew there was going to be a lot of flack for this. A lot of them were objecting to doing a survey at all because of COVID, and some were expressly hostility to me. So I made this question optional, and it was a present supplies, a surprise that 280 schools replied. So I had heaps of karakia for my purpose of discovering what they were all about.
So contrary to the bad vibes I've been getting about Karakia, these 280 schools wanted the public to know what they're doing about this issue. I also gave them three boxes in the survey for them to print traditional Karakia that they were using and another three boxes for Christian Karakia. Traditional Karakia are, um, Christian Karakia are a very controversial issue with some people saying you cannot even determine easily which are Christian Karakia. So um, I thought, well, the, I can ask the school, I, I don't need to make a decision on that, but ask the schools themselves to say which they regard as Christian, which they regard as traditional. And from those 280 schools and about 500 actually um, uh, examples, I can now give a tentative answer to the question, what is a Christian karakia? The main clue is that they all begin with the words e te atua. Atua is the Maori word for God, but it's a phrase that only a Christian would use because only Christians, and I think maybe Muslims as well, go around using the name of the, the, the word God as the name of God. And there were dozens of Christian karakia that used those very words. By contrast, there are only two of these hundreds of karakia that actually referred to the Maori gods. And they didn't use the word Atua, they used the individual names of their god. Tane, the god of the forest, Ranginui, the father god of the sky, Papatua Nuku, the mother god of the earth. And they didn't pray to these gods, but they honored them and appreciated them. On the slide, I had discussions about this with numerous atheists in the secular education network. And to my surprise, they did not object to the Maori gods being mentioned in Karakia because they said nobody was pressuring anybody to believe in them. They were treating them as legends, not as creeds. So atheists could go along with them. The other main clue to a Christian Karakia is that most of them quote the Bible. Surely this quote proves that they're Christian and I can't see why the Ministry of Education has the slightest difficulty about it. And the most popular of all the Christian karakia um, was the Lord's Prayer. 30 schools used it. The second was the prayer that the Christians called the grace. Those are the, that's the reading I uh, used earlier. And three phrases that are sure sign of a Christian karakia are in that prayer. Atua for the Father, Ihukaraiti for Jesus Christ, and Wairuatapu for the Holy Spirit. There are another bunch of Christian karakia, the typical grace that the Christians use before a meal. So that is what these Christian karakia are about. There was another bunch that was interesting and different. Um, they used words that were quite unfamiliar to me. I, the word honore, which is a Maori transliteration of the biblical word for honor. Kororia, which is a transliteration of glory. These words were borrowed from English prayers, and those are Maori words coined for that purpose. And I later discovered that they are uh, Ringatu Karatia. Ringatu has published a book of these prayers, and they are being used by other Maori as well. The Ministry of Education's website for schools has a small group of Karakia for schools to use including the Lord's Prayer. But I'm surprised they use the Lord's Prayer if they are not sure whether these Karakia are prayers. 
What are the schools doing with these karakia? The schools also offered extra views of their own. Um, I received about a hundred of them, most of them just for clarification, but several expressed opinions about the value of these karakia. A group insisted that they do not use Christian karakia out of respect for non-Christian children uh, from other religions. But others on the other side felt it was a right of the local EV or other user to choose their own karakia and that the church should not, the school, sorry, should not impose it on them. Others advised these iwi leaders to be more sensitive in the Christian karakia they used, but did not forbid them to use Christian karakia. Several other principals said they couldn't speak Maori, so they couldn't tell me uh, whether they are using uh, Christian karakia or not. I found all this information helpful, but I still didn't have the direct Maori input that I would rather see. Then they got an unexpected help from Maori teachers themselves. Uh, a number of schools are called Tekura Kupapa Maori, which I understand means schools emphasizing Maori, um, Maori culture. And that, those words appear in the names of many of these schools. And so I, um, I thought I would get um, uh, Maori schools to give me that missing, missing advice. So I filtered out those, there were, there were 42 of these Tikopapa Māori um, schools. Um, and they did not object to my survey and gave me full answers. And their answers were very different from the rest of the population. They were very low in their support for religious instruction, very high in support for hymns in their assemblies, and extremely high in the number of them that have karakia, about 95% of them. And on the issue of Christian karakia, they were split down the middle. Exactly 50% of them use Christian karakia. But I thought then there were also many other schools who have a majority of Maori on their rolls. When you ask the Ministry of Education for an address list of schools, it gives also an amount of background information, and that includes the ethnic background of the pupils on their rolls. So I filtered my results um, with this ministry information uh, in mind. And I've got a much larger sample of Maori schools. I selected the, um, the survey to show all of the schools that had 50% or more of Maori students on their roll. And there were 357 of them. But of these schools, only 34% have religious instruction. That's nine and a half percent. That is about half of the number of our state schools as a whole. So Maori as a group are less interested in uh, Bible and schools than the rest of us. I found that 71 of these schools have religious songs and prayers in their assembly. That is 18.9%, and that is more than double the number for the rest of our state schools. So you can say that Maori schools have a high interest in Christian worship as part of their assemblies. And just 272 of them have Christian karakia. That was exactly 33% of them. So there's a very significant sample of Maori opinion who do favor um, Christian karakia, but there's still a low percentage. You cannot say that Maori schools are demanding Christian karakia because a third of them, only a third of them are doing it themselves. And finally, I'd like to give a, a brief summary of the legal issues involved. 
When our secular schools were set up in 1877, the first issue to be raised was whether schools should be open each day with a recital of the Lord's Prayer. So you could argue that this Christian Karakia movement destroys the very principles that our parliament chose in 1877. However, to be fair, you should say these politicians in 1877 showed no awareness whatever of the Treaty of Waitangi. Maori morale was low in those decades. There was a, a widespread feeling that the Maori race was dying out. The education system was supposed to be compulsory, but Maori were not obliged to send their children to school. So in hindsight, we can say that any Maori children back then who went to school could have felt very lonely in a meeting that was not opened with karakia. And I think it's a fair comment to say that that feeling is probably what is behind uh, the Maori who are asking for karakia now. And we also need to acknowledge the right of Maori and everyone else to amend their culture. In the discussion on the Secular Education Network, some people say um, Christian karakia should be thrown out because it is a foreign adaptation brought in and it didn't exist before, uh, before the um, well, 1830. Well, that is not a valid argument. Maori um, have a right to change their culture if they wish, like anybody else. But that is no a, a reason to go completely in the opposite direction. The Bill of Rights Act is two-edged, and sometimes it is necessary to balance conflicting rights. And on the other hand, sometimes uh, it's necessary to use positive discrimination to lift the fate of a group that has been harmed. That's part of our Bill of Rights Act. And again, at other times, there is no single right or wrong answer. We need to look for consensus. And I argue that this is probably one of those times. The general issue of religion in schools is already on the government's agenda. It includes religious instruction. It suggests that there should be neutral instruction about all religions. There is no reason why we could not add Christian karakia to that discussion. So, um, those, um, that's why I myself have very um, mixed feelings about the whole issue. Um, and I'd like to put you uh, these questions to you. Um, do you, uh, as a congregation, um, believe it's appropriate for there to be Christian character in our schools? Or do you think this is something that should be left to the individual schools to decide? Now, Sally has a, um, a song for us now, Open the Window, Children, which deals with the question of being open-minded uh, to other views. Thanks, Sally. Thank you, David. Uh, quite impressive research you've done. And I just, um, I can give you one more piece. I just did teaching for a month at Mount View School and they do Christian hymns and Christian katakia. And um, they do have mixed group anyway, so interesting. Okay. And I love this song. Thank you, David, for bringing us a new hymn. I think we should make it, see if you like it. I think we should make it one of our regulars. It's quite um, jazzy. It's from the Georgia Sea Islands where the, this, it's like an old gospel slave song, Calypso style. Here we go. Children, open the window, children. 
like snakes. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Baby, it's a crying like her heart will break. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Open the window, children. Open the window now. Open the window, children. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Neighbors lock the doors, build fences so high. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Don't see what's to discover on the other side. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Let's see you singing, people. Open the window, children. Open the window now. Open the window, children. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Borders round countries, borders round the sky. Open the window, let the dove fly in. The only border close you wins the border round your mind. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Open the window, children. Open the window now. Open the window, children. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Open the window, let the dove fly in. <laughs> Thank you, Sally. I love it. David, will you say our closing words? And then we have a song to play for you all to finish. Thank you. The closing words are a sort of atheist karakia, um, which I've used before. May love inspire you, wisdom guide you, and peace surround you till we meet again. Thank you. Uh, and I'm about to share a song uh, for us to finish with. And uh, many of you will recognize it. It's Pepeha by 660. And the reason we've chosen this one to finish today's service with is um, a couple of reasons. For those of you who might not be aware, a Pepeha is a Maori way of introducing yourself by sharing your connections with the people and places that are important to you. Um, 660 is a New Zealand band that has shot to international stardom. Um, there are some really impressive statistics about 660. They are big beyond our shores. Um, but to give you a sense of it, they were the first New Zealand band to sell out Western Springs. So they played to 50,000 people at Western Springs. Um, and you would have heard them in the news in April 21 when um, they played the first concert at Eden Park to about 60,000 fans and that became world famous because we were the only country in the world to be having a, a live rock concert uh, with real people in person at, the t at that time given the pandemic. So uh, they released this song in 2021 and it has gone viral. And just uh, a, another thing quick Nina that hundreds of children will be singing this at their final assembly in Taupo at the end of term two. Oh, I meet Sally. Uh, and it was on my radar because uh, my kids uh, were up um, our local maunga, maunga Fo, last Thursday morning for Matariki and they sang this at dawn. So our school chose this as the waiata um, for the children to sing. So here we go. All right, 
so what David has asked us to do now is to give him some feedback on those two questions. Uh, well, David, may I remind the congregation of the questions? Please do, yeah. So the question is, do you think Christian karakia are appropriate for state schools? Or is this something that should be left to the individual schools and karakia leaders to decide? 